When you can't get things done through traditional means, who do you call in? Well, if you're Director Killinger of Aces, you call in your Aces in the Hole. Killinger set up the Aces system in case of emergencies that can't be handled through traditional methods. A team of reformed, or reforming, villains that he can call in when they're needed. People that did bad things but can now do better. And they will do better. Whether they're joining the group to get their sentence reduced, to atone for what they've done, or because they didn't have a choice, they're being called on to do what only they can. Because who can stop a bad guy? Except for some worse ones. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between or irrespective of that binary, welcome to a special episode of LGBT and D, where the D stands for dice, and every voice that you hear coming from your speakers today is going to be of the LGBT community. We have a little bit of a different game going on today, because unfortunately, Max was unable to join us at the last minute. So this issue is going to be slightly aside from our usual. This is not part of our off-the-rails arc, but it does take place in the same universe, within the same Halcyon City, in the same timeline, and even, in fact, at the same time as that campaign. So this series, if it becomes that, it may just be a one-shot, but I'm calling it The Aces of Aegis. And basically, the premise is that these bad people of Halcyon City are being co-opted by Director Killinger into doing the things that he doesn't want on the surface. Basically, his shady work is going to fall to them, and that's who our people are playing today. So, we will have everybody introduce themselves and their characters as per usual. And, Weaver, let's start with you, since we usually have you go last. Okay. Well, you guys know me. My name is Weaver. Uh, You can call me Eve. Pronouns are they, them, or she, her. And today, uh, I am not playing Nightshade. I am actually playing, her name is Solarin Jamyong, and she is otherwise known as Tox. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Tox? Tell us her uh, powers and what she did to get stuck in the hole. Tox has the ability to create and manipulate toxic clouds of poison. That's her name. She actually got sentenced because she was she was experimented on really ruthlessly when she was very, very young. And um, they basically gave her her powers and she resented them. And she was understandably angry and pissed off. So she broke free and killed everyone in the compound by flooding it with poison. And the heroes showed up and were just like, no, you can't do this. And she turned against them and she attacked them because she saw them as like agents of this compound and wanting to put her back or wanting to to experiment on her more. So she freaked out and lashed out against them and they stuck her in the hole. All right. Very sad backstory. I already feel bad for her. So we are introduced to Tox as 
In the first couple of panels of this comic, we see a pair of steel-toed boots walking down a long, dark hallway. A man in a an Aegis uniform, he obviously works here in the hall, steps up to a large steel door. It's one of those that has like the big bank vault-style wheels on it. He turns it, steps inside to... Uh, you know in like uh, sci-fi movies how they have the uh, chambers where they decontaminate people? That type of room between the hallway and Tox's prison? He stands in the spray for a panel. We see he has short cropped brown hair and just the beginnings of facial hair. He looks to be about in his young 20s. It's unclear whether that facial hair is just from not having shaved or if he's trying to grow it out, but he stands in that spray for a panel before opening the door into Tox's uh, prison cell. He looks inside with his hand on his gun, and how does he find Tox? How does she spend her time in this cell? Uh, as he walks in, she's sitting at a very small beat up little table and she's pouring herself a glass of tea and she looks over and amidst the piles of books, she says, Oh, joining me for tea. Lucky me. Yeah, would be. You're being summoned by the warden. Luckier you than that. You're getting out to get some fresh air for once. Won't be fresh for long. Don't try to pull any shit here. Tox. You know, the arrangement I've got the kill switch on you. If you try to, Go too far off your leash. It's the same rules as in the compound. I know, I know. Thank you. Lead the way. He steps aside and lets Tox actually walk ahead of him. He keeps his gun to her back to ensure that nothing happens. We see in a quick panel that he has a uh, old school style gas mask hanging off of his belt. And he leads her to an elevator which he steps into, scans his badge against the badge reader, and the elevator goes up several floors. Once it stops, the door slides open, and Tox finds herself in a rather well-decorated office. There is a large wooden desk in the center of it, and a leather back chair behind it. There are three plastic chairs on the elevator side of the office, which Tox would presumably assume are there for her and other people to sit in and wait for Director Killinger to show up. Agent Barnum sort of nudges you in the back with his gun and says, All right, you wait in there. I've got to go get the others. Have fun. And I'm going to sit in the leather chair. Oh, power move. They told me they didn't have any leather chairs, and that's why I was stuck with one of those little Ikea chairs in my cell which I like to refer to as my quarters. Thank you. Okay, so the door slides back closed, and Alexia, would you like to tell us a little bit about your, well, I would say hero, but your anti-hero, villain, whatever term they would prefer? Hello, so uh, my villain, I'd say, is called Morticia Morrow. Uh, her, she's also known as the Flawless Hit, um, I totally didn't steal that from anything. Um, and she is an assassin who specifically targets heroes. And she's in the hole because she was hired to target and assassinate a specific hero. 
which she did, but she was unfortunately caught fleeing the scene, and then she was taken and thrown into the hole. What are Flawless Fit's powers? Uh, her powers are power negation, which is obviously very useful for uh, hunting and assassinating heroes. And she can also create illusions, and she kind of does that to uh, kind of intimidate the heroes that she's hunting and make it seem like they're kind of like surrounded by like a whole team of people when in fact it's just her. Okay, so I think her cell that we see, the door probably has, uh, I'm imagining like runes and glyphs carved into it glowing in various, like, oranges and blues just to sort of negate the uh, illusions that she can create. Yeah. So, once again, we see Agent Barnum. He scans his badge on the reader on the outside of her door and pulls it open unceremoniously. How does he find Morticia inside of her cell? Um, she, I think she'd just be, she's just doing press-ups, just kind of getting in a workout. Okay. He looks over at her and says, all right, come on. Warden wants to see you. He's got a mission. You signed up for the team, right? She kind of just stands up, turns and looks at him and says, I did sign up for the team. I'm the best person for the job. I'm always the best person for the job. Yeah, if you were the best person for the job, you wouldn't be locked down here in the hole now, would you? Maybe I'd want to be here. He actually looks a little bit surprised by that. For about half a second, his face loses its composure, and you get the feeling that he didn't consider that that might have been part of your plan. Um, she just kind of does like gives like a, like a small kind of smirk, but doesn't actually comment or anything. She just kind of continues to stare him down. He is going to uh, follow the same procedure on her, stepping off to the side and letting her walk ahead of him. Okay, uh, she'll just she'll start walking okay uh same sort of situation gun at her back long elevator ride would she say anything on the ride up or is are they riding in silence uh they'd be riding in silence she'd just kind of be standing there kind of arms folded looking like almost looking like she's meditating so she'd just be kind of like head slightly down eyes closed just waiting for the ride to be over okay uh you may have said this and i missed it like what's her sort of outfit like what's she wearing for lack of a less fuckboy term <laughs> um she's got on kind of um thick kind of black uh combat boots um kind of a uh yeah that's not like black um quite tight black trousers a tight black top and she's kind of wearing like a quite like a long long coat um the idea being it's kind of like meant to kind of uh help conceal like her movements and what she's going to do because she's also kind of a martial artist and part of that is she likes like misdirection throw people off fair enough so the doors slide open and agent barnum pushes morticia out into the same office i described before is there any sort of history between morticia and tox or like do they know each other i'll leave that up to you guys I don't think they would because she just kind of, she went straight to the uh, hole after being created, I believe. So I don't think they would have met uh, prior to this point. Okay. Makes sense. Last but not least, Justin, would you like to tell us a little bit about the character that you'll be playing today? Sure. I will be playing Gerard. Not at all a hero. Uh, he goes by the moniker of Bird Snatcher for now. 
Um, but I'll describe him as he really appears, and that'll just give you a good feel for it. Although it was hastily put together, so it's not my best writing. Rage, righteous fury, depression. These feelings have existed for all of time, but they have never been so concentrated as now in the darkest of cesspools, the whole. Long ago, they allowed capital punishment. And you can take the dog out of the fight, but you can't take the fight out of the dog, as it were. Those feelings and emotions and spirits had to go somewhere, so here they went. They created a new being, a being likely not governed nor loved by God. However, he still needs space to exist. And for that, he has taken as he desired. For now, he is Bird Snatcher, a criminal who had used an army of birds to attack residents, leaving them alive, but graphically scarred and disfigured. Better to keep a body warm where it's tastier than to leave them dead. However, he was caught, and in the hole, there are no birds within. Very nice. So, what are Bird Snatcher's powers like? So, I don't actually get his abilities. I have my own, and I just look like him for now. Uh, But... My abilities include super regeneration, and not to like excessive extent, but kind of, uh, and limb animation, and I can control them away from the body. Okay, so given the mostly unknown state of his powers, he's probably been placed in a similar room as we found Flawless Hit in, with the runes and symbols carved into the door just trying to magically keep his powers at bay. Right. Once again, Barnum walks up to the door, scans his badge, opens it. He looks inside and says, Edgelord, come on. Your presence is requested by the warden. Uh, how was the door open? Is it like a thing where he's looking in, or is it just open? No, it just opened. Okay. Then I wouldn't do the edgy thing, but I will immediately get up ready to go. Okay. Same type of procedure. He lets Gerard walk ahead of him, gun at his back. Is Gerard going to say anything on the way up to the office? Yeah. He'll just be smiling a bit as he's ready to go and says to him, do you think that gun it will actually be useful? Are you sure? This ain't any ordinary gun. Trust me, it'll do the trick. Oh, it's such a trick. Ah, not ready for the hard stuff, I see. Barnum sort of ignores what he says after that. There's, again, a slight moment of hesitation as he uh, scans his badge inside of the elevator, and you all start the ascent up to the director's office. Gotcha. Uh, The two of you arrive, the doors slide open, and Agent Griffin Barnum pushes Gerard out of the elevator, and steps out as well. From a door on the other side of the room, between two bookcases, comes the tired-looking form of Director Killinger. (laughs) He looks at the three of you that are gathered. Before I go any further, did Gerard sit down, or what's he doing? Yeah, he'd sit down. Uh, Is Tox still in Killinger's chair? Yes. And when everybody shows up, she's going to steeple her fingers and go, I bet you're all wondering why I called you here today. I called you here because it's time for the aces to be assembled. And he motions with his hand 
sort of pointing for Tox to get out of his chair and to the other side of the desk. Oh, you're no fun. I'll try to think of how I could annoy him more. No, okay. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and take my seat. (laughs) There's a time for fun, and there's a time for serious, and I think once I tell you what I'm about to, you'll realize that we've passed the time for fun. The three of you have been asked into my office, and Lord knows I hate to even ask the three of you to do anything. But sometimes there's things in the city that need to be done outside of the rules, so to speak. I've got some good intel that there's some highly suspect and illegal things happening at Helix Medical Laboratories here in town. Unfortunately, the source of this information is not exactly on the up and up. So I can't have the young beacons going in and tarnishing their reputation or ours if things go south. The three of you, however, are, well, more expendable. The three of you are going to be led by Agent Barnum here to Helix Medical Laboratories. I need you to go in, find out what's going on, and report back to me. And before you get any ideas about trying to get off of the leash that we're providing, remember that Agent Barnum does have a kill switch on each of you. All he has to do is press the button, and your meaningless little existences will be terminated. And he is actually going to exert his influence over each of you to attempt to lower your danger. And let's see. Lower your danger and up your superior. So first up, Tox, would you accept or reject that influence? I I would accept it. Okay. So that was lower my danger and up my superior. Yes, he's basically telling you, don't be stupid and do anything dangerous. Use your head and think things through. Ooh, we get to be heroes. And there are leashes involved. Win-win. Oh my god. More, what was your name, Morticia? Uh, yeah, Morticia. Yes, flawless hit. Do you accept or reject that influence? I think given the uh, situation in the whole, I think she'd accept it. Okay. And Gerard, are you accepting or rejecting this influence? Reject. Reject everything. There it is. I was waiting on somebody to not be so amenable. Okay, go ahead and roll me a flat 2d6, please. All right, it's got to ask for bonuses. A 7. Okay, on a 7 to 9, choose 1. Clear a condition or mark potential by immediately acting to prove them wrong. Shift one label up and one label down, your choice, or cancel their influence and take plus one forward against them. All right, so what were the exact words he just used so I can prove him wrong? (laughs) He said that if you try to do anything unapproved and get off of your leash, that Agent Barnes has a kill switch on you. All he has to do is press a button and your meaningless little existence will come to an end. Right. So is the kill switch thing like inside our bodies or is it more obvious neck thing or? You don't have anything attached to you. You also didn't know that there was a kill switch on you. Mm -hmm. So you would assume it's something inside of your body. Eat. Okay. 
So then, yeah, he would say, are you sure that would work? Like, similar to my cage, I'm not sure you know anything. He leans a little bit forward and says, we know plenty about you. With a smug grin, it's like, sure. Okay, so I'm assuming you're going to mark potential there? Yeah. Okie doke. So, at that, he leans back in his chair a little bit and says, I've got a lot that I've got to take care of tonight. You've got an hour to get yourselves ready. Then Agent Barnum will take you out to the laboratory. And for the love of God, do not do anything to bring shame to this organization. Are we actually affiliated? Oh my God, you actually care about us? <sighs> God. Everything you do is completely off the record. If I wanted somebody to bring good news to this organization, I wouldn't be dealing with the three of you. Then it shouldn't matter what we do. I'm just saying, it seems like we're being given free reign to be as dumb as we fucking want, as long as we don't try to break away from the leash. I think at that sort of pontification, we are going to close that panel out. And what does it look like as the three of you are getting ready? Are you all going to talk with each other or with Agent Barnes? Are you? What are you all doing as you get ready for this mission that you're being sent on? Morticia is going to approach Agent Barnes and she's going to ask him where Prisoner 310 is currently being held. He looks at you a little bit suspicious and says, what's it to you? I just want to make sure that they're doing well. Oh, have you got a friend in here? Yes, I want to make sure that they're taken care of. A little bit meta? Who is that to Morticia? Um, it's the, it's a target that she's been, uh, sent to assassinate, which is why she allowed herself to be captured and put in the hole. Ah, he raises his eyebrows and says, tell you what, you be a good girl out there on this mission and maybe we'll let you out to see him. That would be perfect. Thank you. I'll take that as my payment then. <laughs> oh, you think you're getting paid for this? Not by you, no. So what about... Tox and Bird Snatcher. I'd probably just look between the two of them up, down, try and get a judge of their worth. Are you trying to pierce either of their masks, or are you just sort of checking them out? I forgot that was a thing. Are you going to pierce my mask? Yeah, sure, let's go with that. Okay, go ahead and roll for that, please. I believe that's plus superior. For some reason, I thought it would just have the move pierce the mask and you could click it. Uh, pierce the mask is plus mundane. Oh, good. I'm so mundane. I got a three. Okay, go ahead and mark potential. Done. And as I try to think of what move I want... Actually, that's perfect. The move I'm going to make is Tox. You notice that... Bird Snatcher has been staring you down hardcore this pretty much this whole time. What kind of effects that having? How's that making her feel? I'll leave it up to you what happens after that. Uh, well, Tox is kind of, let's say that she hasn't uh, developed normally because of her time in the compound and immediately going into the hole. So she's developed a sexual sense of humor as a defense mechanism. So she's going to notice him staring, and she's going to blow him a kiss. 
don't think my character would even know how to react to that, having probably never seen it before. <laughs> I guess I'd perceive it as a threat and move away. <laughs> I'm trying to not get too jokey, but at the same time, what? <laughs> I would catch it. Would you really? I don't know. <laughs> I was no, like, that, that was... Yeah. <laughs> Drax. Okay. I think... After that, we are going to cut to inside of the Aegis Tactical Vehicle, or ATV. These are the large armored vans that you would be pretty familiar with, or at least the readers would be familiar with. They uh, show up usually carrying Aegis soldiers to any scene where they are required to show up. They have armor on the outside. They do have... Some sort of cloaking technology. It's not necessarily the greatest, but it can work in a pinch. They also are usually outfitted with a fair number of weapons. We see Agent Barnum is driving the vehicle with the three of you inside of it. It is nighttime, so there is darkness outside of the vehicle. And you all notice... uh, Every so often through the panels, we get your faces illuminated by streetlights. Are the three of you having any sort of conversation as you're traveling? Or what's this sort of scene look like? So I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn to Flawless Strike and I'm going to say something to the effect of, so how did you get captured anyways? I thought you were supposed to be Flawless. I get captured when I need to be captured. Don't we all? I think she just kind of look at look at Toxin like with like a kind of a slight frown on her face, then just kind of look away and go back to staring at the the wall of the van, like arms crossed, really kind of closed off. <laughs> Come on! So we have the flawless victory who gets captured. We have well, I didn't really have a reason. I got captured because I didn't have anywhere else to go. What was I going to do? Kill everybody? And then we have uh, the bird bird snitch. <laughs> Gerard would be nodding along with the whole nowhere else to go part. (laughs) Sorry, I'm laughing at what you said in chat, Bird Box. By the end of this game, someone is calling Bird Snatcher Bird Box. Oh, yes, do it. It's perfect. What box are we talking about? (laughs) You said Snatch. (laughs) Anyway... So was there anything else you all, any other scenes you wanted to have before you all arrive at the compound? Uh, maybe not a scene of Gerard being fascinated by the vehicle. <laughs> He's supposed to look confident, but you can kind of see a twinge of like eyebrows curled in confusion. <laughs> okay, so Agent Barnum pulls the ATV up to sort of a wooded area like a clearing in the woods. You all are at the top of a hill, looking down on a rather large complex. Out the windows, you can see that this complex has tall fences, probably uh, 15, 20 feet high, chain link. At the top of the fence, there is barbed wire wrapped around the top, running all around the perimeter. Inside, you see several buildings, one big one in the middle, and several other smaller ones. There are not spotlights, but like 
the big floodlights like you see at like a uh, football stadium posted every so often around them. And then there are also guard towers with spotlights searching around the perimeter of what is proclaimed on the sign as the Helix Medical Complex. Agent Barnum turns to look at the three of you and says, This is where I'm stopping. He holds out his hand, and it's got three small devices in it. These are your communicators. Put them in your ear. Touch them when you need to talk to me. I'll talk to you through them as well. I want constant updates. If I even think that one of you's gone rogue, kill switch is getting activated. So is it really a good idea to tell me that you want constant updates? Constant updates about the mission. I think Morticia would, um, I think she'd want to kind of uh, assess the situation um, because she wants to kind of examine the communicator closely. I don't think you really need to assess the situation there. I think what she's thinking is she's wondering if the kill switch is implanted in the communicator and she'd want to kind of uh, assess if that was kind of, uh, is kind of like a trick to kind of ensure that we actually kind of put the kill switch in ourselves, her reason being that she doesn't ever recall like being kind of injected or having something placed on her. And that's kind of what she wants to kind of analyze. I think that would actually be uh, piercing Agent Barnum's mask to find out what he's planning. Okay. Uh, That's mundane, isn't it? Yes. I got nine. Okay. On a seven to nine, you get one question from the list. What are you really planning? What do you want me to do? What do you intend to do? How could I get your character to blank? Or how could I gain influence over you? Um, I think, um... I feel like there's a couple here that kind of apply. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to, trying to think. Uh, I need to find the, yeah. Um, I'm just going to go, how can I gain uh, influence over you? Okay. Agent Barnum seems to be not simple-minded, but he's a pretty simple, straightforward type of guy. If you go along with the mission and listen to what he's telling you to do, that is going to go a long way in getting influence over him. Okay, that's that's perfect. Okay, thank you. Not a problem. So, do the three of you put the communicators in your ears? Uh, yes, yeah, I would, yeah. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, Gerard would want to fight it, but not this time, I guess. Barnum nods at the three of you and turns back to point sort of down the hill towards the complex. He says, obviously, that's your target. Get in, get out, don't be seen. And if you are seen, make sure nobody remembers it. Anything that can tie you back to Aegis, well, I hate to keep going back to the kill switch, but and he just sort of pats at his hip in a threatening kind of way. Any questions? So we're just supposed to go in, look around, and then leave? Find out what's going on that's shady in there. The director got some intel, but if we don't have anything concrete, this is all just a waste of time. I feel like we need something a little bit more specific. Are we looking for fraud? Are we looking for a secret death cult? Are we looking for stolen art? Is there something you're not telling us? Of course there is. Tox... Go ahead and roll to provoke Agent Barnum. Nice. I feel like that's a move we actually haven't used a whole lot. Yeah, true. Susceptible to your words, eh? 
In this one instance. I got a six. Okay. You all do have one team if somebody wants to help get that up to a seven. Oh, that would be a seven, wouldn't it? And a seven is a hit. I could, I think Motish could kind of speak up and say that um, if if you want this uh, contract completed effectively, we need to at least know what we're dealing with. Okay. So that will reduce your team to zero, but bring you up to a seven to nine, where they get to choose one from the list. They stumble, you take plus one forward against them. They err, you gain a critical opportunity, or they overreact and you gain influence over them. And I think he thinks about it for a minute, and he says, you know what, you're right. There's, from what we've heard, they've got some kids down in there. Director wants to know what they're doing with them, or more likely to them. Find those kids. If you can get them out, get them. But what's more important is the information. Out of character, real quick, is this the same group of people that experimented on me? I guess we'll find out when you get down in there, won't we? At the very least, you'd think that that may be be what happened. Yeah, that is definitely something that Tox could assume, but... I'm going to say you probably wouldn't know for sure. The name doesn't sound familiar. So you're sending me in to save children that are possibly being experimented on. I'm guessing this isn't a coincidence. Nothing that happens in Aegis is a coincidence. Who's better to break kids out of a lab than somebody that's already done it? I did it because they didn't know what they created. And we're trying to find out what they created. I can tell you what they created. They created their perfect little killing machine, and they could all tell you that if any of them were still alive. So do you want this group of assholes and bastards to have an army of you? Or do you want to stop this before it gets to that point? I don't even want me to exist. What the fuck do you think makes me... Why do you think I want an army of me? One is too much. So are we allowed to kill him? His eyes go wide, and he says... Are you asking me if you're allowed to kill children? Not the children, the doctors, the scientists. Since this is all off the record, whatever happens to them is officially not condoned by Aegis. And you can tell that's as close to a yes as you're going to get from him. A very wide, sly smile is going to crawl across Tox's face as she gets ready to leave the van. The ATV, sorry. Extreme prejudice. Okay. So Tox climbs out of the ATV. What about the rest of you? Uh, I'd, I'd climb out as as well. He'd be smiling along with Tox and just leave right after everyone else. I almost said Tox still, and that's a problem. So what is your all's approach like? Are you going to talk things out first? Are you going in guns a-blazing? What's your all's... I mean, I guess to put it into the uh, core books phrasing, what do you do? So I'm going to guess that I at least have some general knowledge about how this shit is done, because it was done to me. So I'm going to take a wild guess and say, most likely in the basement. Is everything fun is in the basement? Is Tox saying that out loud? Yeah. That's what I replied with. Everything fun is in the basement. I mean, if you do it right. I think Motisha would say that would... That would be the most logical place, given that that would kind of conceal any external evidence to a large degree. That's certainly where some of my targets have hidden their scientific experiments before. 
Yeah, but these bastards, if they're the same people that did this to me, expect the unexpected. Do you really think you're the only person who's been scientifically experimented on and been given powers? I don't think I'm the only person, but I think that if these people are the same people that did this to me, then I think that I'm probably the only person out of the three of us with experience with them. Have you got much experience assassinating and hunting down these people? I didn't have to hunt them down. Yes, exactly. They were simply writing the palm of your hand. You barely had to try. You have no idea how to sneak into this facility. Barely had to try? Yeah, it's simple. It's easy to kill someone who's right in front of you. Hunting down someone from the other side of the world, having to sneak into their home, killing them without a trace, that's difficult. I killed 120 people, and not a single one managed to leave the compound. Only 120. That's adorable. In one day, by the time I was 12. That's so cute. You think that's impressive? How many have you killed in one day? 2,373. We're going to need the report on that one. It was, a th- it was a nuclear power plant that accidentally went off. Oh, isn't that convenient? You can't claim it because it was an accident. Yes, no one can trace it back to me. If only you'd been able to do that, then maybe you wouldn't have been captured. Obviously, you didn't read the report, so let me fill you in. They were outside when I left. Yes, you got caught. Good job. I got caught because they were expecting it. Yeah, well done. Brilliant. Masterful escape. You spend your whole life in captivity, and then your three seconds of freedom, where do you end up? Right back into captivity again. I'm sorry, and where do you live? That's confidential. Unless you've got a job for me. See, I hear rumors that you live in the hole. With me. At this point, Barnum rolls down the window, leans his head out, and says, Can we get on with this already? I'm not trying to sit up here all fucking night. (laughs) Uh, Tox is going to do, like, a low bow to to the flawless hit and just be like, Lead the way, your majesty. She'll just kind of turn without, like, completely expressionless. Uh, Out kind of out of character. How far away are we from the facility? I'm not going to give distances because I'm bad at that, (laughs) but you're far enough away that the guards you can see at the front gate don't take notice of you. You're a decent walk away, but not like terribly far. Okay. Um, I think the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to try and create like uh, an illusion around us that makes it so it looks like there's like just nobody there. It's just kind of like, completely empty so we can kind of move but we're kind of we're kind of invisible to any kind of uh, the guards kind of outside all right that is definitely unleashing your powers so roll plus freak okay definitely awesome be convenient i got a seven okay on a seven to nine you can mark a condition or the effect is unstable or temporary I don't really think it might kind of make sense that i'd have a condition at this point so i think uh it'll be unstable or temporary Okay, so describe for me exactly, like, how that looks and what you all are going about doing. Um, so how that looks. Uh, so Morticia's kind of standing there. Then kind of from her feet, it's kind of looks like um, almost like shattered crystal is emerging and kind of uh, begins, like, spreading kind of around the group. And it kind of forms a sphere around them. And then once it's kind of uh, joined up, it just kind of, like, clears and kind of smoothens out and then it uh, just looks like there's there's literally like no trace trace of the group uh, it can't be like we can't be seen it's it's like we were never there gerard would ask did you just make a hamster ball if you like okay so what are you all doing while this uh invisibility is around you uh, i'm gonna 
tell everyone, I'm going to say, we need to get closer. Our first step should be taking out the guards. And then from there, I'm going to need the human defumigator to let us know exactly what we can expect inside this facility. This is good fun. You know, they came up with, they came up with cuter nicknames when I was in the compound, but I'll take it. Good to know. You get us, you get us close. We can take them out. Exactly. So that's what we do. We, uh, we're going to get, get closer, sneak up on the guards. And I assume we're going to try and, uh, uh, take them out. Are we just going to try and kill the guards or are we trying to knock them out? That's the question then, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm not just going to say, so would you, would you guys prefer to simply kill these guards or to simply disable them for a time? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. An unconscious man can be woken and interrogated. A dead man tells no tales. Fun fact. Did you know that Botox is actually based off of the botulinum toxin, a type of poison? Uh, Yes. Do you know what happens when someone gets too much Botox? I'm very familiar. I've used that method myself. (laughs) The GM doesn't, so can somebody uh, elaborate? (laughs) Botox is primarily used as a cosmetic agent to cause facial paralysis in groups of muscles and thus limits wrinkling. However, a large amount of it will cause total body paralysis. Enough of it will kill. Gotcha. And it'll be a really horrifying, slow death. Yeah, it must be terrifying to die that way. It's like sleep paralysis, but kind of worse, I'd assume. It's sleep paralysis, except you can feel every nerve in your body basically screaming and dying. Keep that in. Um, I was going to say, you guys realize I'm going to sleep in like an hour, so. And Tox is going to be there when you wake up. I regret this game immediately. Okay, so the three of you are making your way invisibly down the hill. As you are approaching the front gate, you see that there are two guards standing there, one on each side of the path. They're wearing not quite like riot gear or SWAT gear, but like one degree short of that. We get a panel over their shoulders and we just see the hill. In the second panel over their shoulders, though, we see a slight shimmer and one of them turns to look at the other. They say something to each other, and one of them is making his way over to you, to where you all are making your way down the hill. He has his gun drawn, and he doesn't quite have it pointed in your direction, but he's definitely prepared to use it if need be. What do you do? I've got a thing I could do, but I don't know if anyone else wanted to, um, uh, had any, uh, like an idea of what they wanted to do. So I have an idea. Why don't we use the the temporary element of surprise that we have? Bird snatcher, you go, you jump out, I jump out, you take one card, I take the other. Well, you all are still a little bit of a walk away from the second guard. The one came up to meet you, like, at the foot of the hill. Mm. That's the uh, unstable part of Alexia's powers. Gotcha. Well, I don't have anything ranged, per se, unless I get a good throw. If I could get a decent throw in, then we can probably get him. Go for it. All right. Cool. So what? On three talks? Sounds good. I can take out the one close. Do you want to take out the one far? Yep, I'll give it a shot. Well, you seem to be a little bit sturdier. Sure. Okay, so what exactly are you all attempting to do here? 
so I'm suggesting that Flawless Hit and Bird Snatcher just immediately go and just take out the far guard. The close guard, I'm going to unleash as much poison. Well, I'm assuming he's like vaguely close. Yeah, he's pretty close by this point. I'm going to get right up in his face and I'm going to just poison cloud just all over him. Wheezing over here. Okay, so let's resolve that first and then we will move on to the other two. If you want to unleash your powers, Tox, roll plus freak for me. 12. Okay, yeah. On a 12, describe for me what does it look like as Tox poisons this man. So, assuming that the the invisibility shell is still mostly intact, what the guy is going to see is just this somewhat elegant form wearing a long violet dress just steps out of nowhere and is surrounded by this thick green fog. And she's just going to very quickly glide over to him and just... As she does, there's just this thick, billowing smoke fog that just surrounds the two of them. As this happens, he's going to find it more and more difficult to think, more and more difficult to breathe. And within a matter of minutes, he's going to be completely paralyzed. Brutal. I love it. Mm-hmm. So, as he feels himself falling victim to this paralysis... What are Flawless and Bird Snatcher doing? Well, provided that they're not doing something first, uh, Bird Snatcher will grab his left arm, pull it off graphically, and then chuck it at the other guard. Okay. I'm going to call for um, Unleash Your Powers roll on that as well. And also, does Gerard bleed when that happens? Yes, profusely. So this arc is uh, illustrated by Quentin Tarantino. I mean, you could do the opposite where you could see him holding his arm on one panel and the next panel uh, you see it from a different angle where you just see that his he's holding his other arm, but then you don't see the blood part. It's cut off by a panel, uh, that kind of thing. That's fair. I like that. Let's give him a hand, shall we? Please tell me you actually say that. Villains, 50% murder, 50% quips. Yeah. Oh, wait. There's my roll. I, th- I was looking at that six from earlier. I'm like, oh, no. But I rolled a 10. Okay. So, on a 10, you do it. How are you knocking this guy out? Are you just, like, arm boomeranging him in the head, or...? Oh, no. It's gonna land, like, on top of his head, and then start choking him out. Oh, Jesus Christ. Terrifying, right? Right, exactly. Okay, as you get this guy in... Oh, wait, wait, wait. One extra part. I assume that he'll assume that he's being choked from behind, so he'll run backwards and try to slam them against a wall, but he just hits himself on the head. Wow. Actually, I think you've got this guy in a remote headlock, basically. Yeah. He feels his breath starting to slip out of his lungs. You see, as he reaches down and scrambles with his hand, he grabs a walkie-talkie off of his belt and brings it up to his face. He manages to get out a choked before it falls out of his hand and hits the ground. So, Flawless, what are you doing? Um, I kind of feel like should be kind of enjoying uh, how the people were killed, to be honest, especially... um. 
just just how creative and how nice it uh, looks. Really, I'm, I'm not. I'm not really sure I could really. Ha- I mean, I don't really feel like I need to help. There's there's no other guards, are there? So uh, none that you can see. But that walkie-talkie was dropped to the ground, and the guy did manage to choke out a sound into it. So okay, um, you saw that yeah, happen. Okay. Yeah, do with that information what you will. Do I know what his voice sounds like? I only because I only heard the choke, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I can't. Because I, I was thinking, um, I could like kind of go and pick up, and then um, pick up like the walkie-talkie, and kind of use my powers to mimic his voice, and just kind of say uh, apologies for the static, and then like just put it back down. But um, I didn't really hear his voice. Um, can I? Can I do that? Would that be like unleashing my powers? Or I wouldn't really know what his voice sounds like. I suppose. Yeah, you wouldn't have access to that yeah. information. Okay. Um. As cool as that is, and I want to let you do it, I don't see it really working. Yeah, um, okay. Um, there's, yeah, there's not really much that I can do. I suppose um, the moment that I see the walkie-talkie, he, he kind of gets like a choke in the walkie-talkie, I kind of immediately kind of like perk up and begin like looking around, uh, trying to spot uh, kind of any nearby guards or anyone who might have like kind of res- be uh, capable of kind of responding to that call uh, quickly. Okay. I feel like that is assessing the situation again. Yeah. Um, okay. So roll plus superior. I got a nine. Okay. You get one question from the list. What here can I use to blank? What here is the biggest threat? What here is in the greatest danger? Who here is most vulnerable to me? And how could we best end this quickly? Um, given what I'm doing, looking around for guards, I think uh, what here is the biggest threat is... Uh, the most appropriate, the most appropriate question. Okay, you don't see any guards that are coming immediately this way. You do notice on the other side of the chain link fence, and sort of just in general, as you were on top of the hill, there does seem to be maybe a dozen or so of the armed guards that are generally patrolling around the grounds. They haven't taken notice of you yet but they are going to be a pain as you try to sneak your way inside if that's what you're going for. Okay. Okay, so I think I'll kind of vocalize this. Um, are they all kind of in a group together or are they just kind of various, uh, kind of, they're kind of separate, but they're all in kind of the same general area? They seem to be paired off. There's six pairs of guards that sort of are spread across different sections and seem to be, like, alternating uh, viewpoints, basically. Yeah. Uh, how far apart are they? Uh, there's a fair distance between the groups. This is a fairly big compound, and they're spread out so that the entire uh, perimeter is covered. Right, okay. So um, I'm going to vocalize this to my fellow, uh, fellow villains, I suppose. I'm going to ask... I'm going to ask Tox uh, if she has a, if she thinks she has anything that could maybe take out at least a good chunk of the guards in this area. So I do have a bit of an idea. See, my power isn't just to create poison. I can manipulate it. So how about this? You create an illusion to draw people over, and I turn one of these bodies into a bomb. Okay, so Morticia just kind of, a slow kind of smile begins forming on Morticia's face, and... She'd just kind of be, she'd say, okay, 
definitely. I've got the perfect illusion. Perfect. How much time do you need to make this person a bomb? Less than a minute. Excellent. Depending on how much poison you want. Enough to kill every guard that is in the immediate vicinity. I think I have something for that. I'm going to walk over to the body, the person that I killed, uh, because the other person still, I assume, still has an arm on them. And <clears throat> Mama don't fuck with that, so no thanks. Um, <laughs> so I walk over to the, uh, to the body that's probably now ice cold, and I'm going to very, very gently open his mouth, and I'm going to exhale just this stream of thick, viscous goo directly into his mouth. I just shivered. As you should. And his body is going to begin to bulge as his lungs and his stomach and any spare space in his body is filled with poison. Okay. And what are the three of you doing with this poison sack of a human being? Well... Flawless is going to call everybody over for dinner, and then there's a lovely little feast. I'm kidding. They're going to come over thinking that one of their friends needs help, and then I'm going to cause his body to explode, unleashing a cloud of poison that's going to kill them all almost instantly. Huh. Um, okay. So while uh, Tox is doing that, uh, Flawless is going to begin generating an illusion, and it's going to be the illusion of behemoth because she's kind of encountered him before it's going to be the illusion of behemoth choking this guard like kind of really visibly and he's going to be like holding the guard like really high in the air and he's going to be letting out like these um kind of like gurgled like chokes and like gasps and he's going to be like kind of hitting the arm of behemoth and he's just gonna like the illusion is going to scream help like as loudly as he can so that all the guards can kind of hear okay i think that's provoking someone to try to get the guards to come over there yeah. So roll plus superior. Okay. And you get a plus one because of your assessing the situation. Awesome. <laughs> I got a nine. Okay. So on a seven to nine, they choose one. They stumble. They err. They overreact. Uh, they overreact. I think. Well, I get to choose one. Oh, sorry. Right. <laughs> You're good. I mean, it makes the most sense. They err. You gain a critical opportunity. I shouldn't read out what move I'm going to make, but that's how I just said it. So you see as these guards start pouring forth from the front gate of this compound, they rush forward to try to help their friend. A couple of them start firing off towards the illusory behemoth. What does that look like? Do the bullets just go through him, or what's the deal there? Um, so, in reality, the bullets, yeah, they're just kind of passed straight through him. But the real behemoth, this is kind of, um, I'm kind of asking you this because I don't know this, but I think my character would. Is the real behemoth, like, bulletproof, or is he, like, injured by bullets, or do they kind of bounce off but cause him pain, or, like, how does it kind of work? If he's not bulletproof completely, he's damn near close to it. Okay, so um, she'd be kind of creating the illusion that it looks like the bullets are kind of uh, hitting him and he's just like kind of grunting in pain as it happens. Okay, a couple of them start rushing over in that direction. And as the ones in the back are firing off towards Behemoth, he looks over to one of his co-guards and he says, Apex is mounting an attack. Somebody tell the boss. Get him to safety. Get him down inside one of the bunkers. 
So about half of them have rushed over to towards your all's location where you all have the bomb planted. There are a couple of them that are hanging behind. I retrieve my arm. They don't have to be close. This is fine. So when all of this starts and I hear someone say that I'm going to cause the body to explode and I'm going to, well, basically the body's going to rupture and very, very viscous poison is going to pour out and it's just going to immediately aerate and become just this fog, this thick fog. And I'm going to use my powers to cause the that fog to not only roll over all of the people that are nearby, but push it towards everybody who's a little bit further away. Hopefully killing everybody. Okay. I'm going to say that the close by ones are going to drop dead fairly quickly. Bird Snatcher, you notice that the f- poison isn't going to affect the ones in the back very quickly. If you don't do something to neutralize them, they run the risk of letting other people deeper within the compound know about your presence. Unfortunate. Is there anything you can do? So what do you do? <laughs> nice job. I can't, but also I can. I'm going to activate ability of mine. It's called a mind of their own. And I'll pick up my arm and throw it through the fog at the people that were left. So a mind of their own says, your powers evolve and mutate. When you are facing an obstacle or threat that your powers would not be able to deal with, you can mark a condition to gain brand new abilities adapted to the situation. You lose these powers once the danger is gone. So, the danger is that they're going to get away. The thing I can't do is kill multiple people at once. I threw it through the fog because it's going to take on the effects of the fog and explode. Rest in peace, my arm. How's that? I love it. What condition are you marking in it in order to do that? Let's go with angry. It's always my go-to. That's a good way to start. Start angry? I should I should have that by default. I'm pretty much rage. Yeah. I would like to rage, as they say. Okay, so your arm goes flying through this poison, picking up enough of it along the way to basically turn it into what amounts to a frag grenade. Frag out. It lands amidst these guards, exploding enough to, if they're not dead, they're at least unconscious. I'll take it. It's it's not one of those types of comic books where it's going to show their faces blown off. It's sort of left up to the reader what their fate is. Oh, like they're all shadowed near the front of the panel where you see us standing victorious with fog in front of us, but you just see the bodies on the ground all faded in black because it's so dark. Yeah, you have sent these guards to the Shadow Realm. Are we a DC movie? <laughs> so... What do the three of you do? By the way, that critical opportunity, I kind of gave you two. You know that there is some sort of boss here that is within a deeper bunker that I believe they said was underground. And also the front gate is now open. Perfect. Nice. So before we go in, I'm actually going to make sure that my poison fog just covers everyone. I want them all dead. Question. Is there anything stopping it from hitting your teammates? Well, I can control it. 
So, you know, in Avatar, where they go under the water and then you see them just water bending a big bubble, she's going to do that for us. Basically, I'm going to create like a sphere, uh, like a half shell uh, where we're just there's going to be fresh air. Uh, fair warning, it's probably not going to smell too great because the gas that I used is based off of sarin gas and it's notorious for, for not smelling great in large quantities. I appreciate the research. I actually have a number of pages open that are specifically dedicated to, like, which poisons I should use when. I really admire the dedication. I love the uh, fact that uh, the Google search histories of serial killers and tabletop (laughs) RPG players is just a circle. Seriously. The diagram is a circle. Mine is so bad right now because it's literally things like how fast does arsenic work? What does arsenic look like? Sarin gas. How how fast does sarin gas kill? Things like this. And then it's just like, oh my god. I'm on a list. So if if anybody would like to replace Weaver in our podcast when she gets taken away by the FBI next week. But not you FBI agents listening. Get in contact with us on Twitter at LGBTDPod. I'm just letting all of the NSA agents watching this and listening to this because we know it's your job. We know it's happening. I'm just letting you know right now I'm harmless. I just really like playing a villain because apparently it's, it's, it's fun. Okay. So all watch lists aside, what are the three of you doing? Gerard's going to stretch his arm, mm, arm out and just be like, ah, this feels nice. Uh, out of character, are you gonna like? Can you? Are you capable of like growing back an arm, or is that arm just like gone now? So there's a very specific circumstance for that. I can keep controlling that arm uh, independent of my body, but I can also grow back an arm, and then the other one stops moving. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. I'm just thinking because your like your character's kind of a combination of um, Darwin from the X Men and Arms Fall Off Boy, and it's just like it's it's just such a brilliant combination. <laughs> it's great. Wait, is Arms Fall Off Boy an actual character? He's an actual character, and his sole power is that he can take off his arm, like from his body, and use it to hit people, and then like attach it. Uh, oddly enough, uh, I'm pretty sure he uh, they stopped. Uh, he was no, he's no longer in use now uh, because it turned out people didn't think that was very cool. I'm not really sure why. Okay, DC comic superhero from the 30th century. Okay. I actually looked him up. I actually looked him up, and it's it is exactly as she describes. He literally just he just yanks off his arms and hits people with them, and it's I love it. That's it. Yeah, and he's <laughs> and he's vaguely orange. That those are his powers. Yep, he uses too much fake term. He 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 looks ridiculous. He looks like a combination of like a bunch of uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z villains. <laughs> I think we're going to head inside, aren't we? Yeah, we're, we're going to go inside. Yes. Let's walk in the front door. What what could go wrong? Okay. So you all have the uh, big building in the center, several smaller buildings uh, sort of dotted around the outside. What are you guys doing? Which building are you going for? You've already pretty much taken out the guards, so... Small addendum. I will pick up a radio and lower the volume, but just basically so that I can hear when they're talking between each other, but it's not super loud so they go, oh, they're around the corner kind of thing. I will keep that in mind if I need to make a move later. Nice. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I think we're going to head to the main building and then I'm going to kind of, uh, I don't want to have to keep, I keep doing the, um, like assess the situation thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, cause I want, I want to look for, um, like a security system and stuff. Um, but I just keep making the same role over and over again. I mean, it makes sense based off of the mission and your character. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be looking for like a, uh, like any kind of security system alerts, electronic locks, that kind of thing. Okay. Go ahead and roll plus superior for me. Okay. 11. Hey, flawless hit finally gets that flawless hit. I know. I've not got one at all so far. It's, it's great. The irony. Okay. So you get two from the list. <clears throat> um. So I think my first question is going to be, how could we best end this quickly? And then I'm also going to ask, uh, I think, again, what here is the biggest uh, threat based on kind of what I'm doing? Okay. Remind me exactly what are Flawless Hit's powers? Um, she's got power negation and she can create illusions. Okay. Actually, yeah, that's what happens. So, how could we best end this quickly? You look inside of the door to this big main building. You see at the end of the hallway there is a basic elevator door that you assume would take you down to the bunker that was being talked about. Whatever you are looking for is probably down there. The biggest threat, as you're looking in through the building and sort of like pressing your face close to it, like not directly up on it or anything, but you've got like your hands on the door, you feel the building start, I guess vibrating would be the best way to describe it. Behind you, there is a large metal beam that basically erupts from the ground, creating this large hole. And a man levitates his way up through that hole. He wears a bodysuit that is red on the top and blue on the bottom. And you know that this is a villain by the name of Polar who has sort of magnetic powers based off of, uh, like, magnetic bracelets that he has, I guess is the best way to describe it. He's this uh, Silver Age villain, so he's got kind of like these big, goofy-looking bracelets, or bracers on his hands that allow him to control polarity of metals and... Basically, he's got magnetic control through them. And at this point, you all are entering battle against a dangerous foe as a team. Do you have a leader? Because you're not really all on the same page last I checked. Hmm. Not I, says Gerard. So far, Knox has been telling us to do, but so has Flawless. So is this a yes-no question? Or do we just have to pick one? I mean, you don't have to have a leader, but if you don't have one, you're not going to be getting as much team. But go with what your characters feel like. I'm going to say that that I would defer in, in points of strategy. I would defer to Flawless. Yeah, Flawless would definitely see herself as, um, at least in terms of kind of directing the team strategically, that would definitely be her, her forte. Tactician, if you will. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, yes. <laughs> So, Flawless does not have influence over every teammate because, 
I don't think any of you have influence over each other yet. Does everyone have the same purpose in the fight? Kill him? Flawless, what is your purpose going into this fight? Um, yeah, I just want to kind of neutralize him as quickly as possible. Kill him, I suppose. That would probably be uh, her immediate priority. Kill him! I'm going I'm, to agree okay. to kill him without making too much noise. Just kill him quickly and quietly and get it done yeah. with. Okay, so you all are up to three team. Does anybody mistrust the leader or the team? Eh. <laughs> She hasn't outright failed so far, so... Not at current. Like, I'm not going to, like... I, like, I don't trust her with my life, but I trust her in this fight. Okay. Yeah. And I wouldn't say you're ill-prepared or off-balance, so you all are starting this off with three team in the pool. Fine. Polar is sort of levitating his way about five to ten feet uh, above the ground. He lifts his arms up, and the beam floats up into the air. He's about to throw it at the three of you. What do you guys do? Who's got an idea? I have an idea, but first off, I feel really bad for Polar, because I, I I feel like he's going to die, and that's sad. But um, I think Flawless would kind of immediately try and kind of, again, cast an illusion. This time, should make it so that... um. I'm assuming if everyone dodges out the way, she's going to cast an illusion to kind of hide where we're dodging and make it look like we're dodging in a different direction to where we're actually going. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Um, yeah. So basically, um, we kind of kind of moving in. I, I, I mean, flawless would be kind of immediately kind of finding cover behind the nearest kind of non non magnetic object, but it would kind of show her. Um, the illusion, it would make it appear that she's kind of running in the complete opposite direction, straight at, is, is Polar? Um, and, Polar, yeah, yes. And she'd be kind of doing the um, uh, the same for kind of everyone else, making it kind of, so it look like they're kind of running uh, in different directions to wherever they actually are. Okay. I'm going to say that's probably defending someone. Yeah. So roll plus savior for me. Okay. Nine. Okay. Does anybody want to use the a team to bump that up to a 10 plus. I would, but I'm not sure how I would go about that. Knock off. <laughs> Do you use like, um, like a narcotic gas to like make, make him high basically. I could probably do that. Let me, let me see if I can't find a good poison for now. We can assume that like, there's a poison that's going to fuck up his like eyesight or fuck up like his ability to process stuff. And I'll actually find one. Yeah. We can just kind of hand wave it for now. Uh, as Tox launches this... Cold hot sauce. ...gas ball into his eyes. <laughs> By the time his vision comes back, all he sees are the illusions, at which he throws this metal beam. It clashes down hard into the ground. And what is Bird Snatcher gonna do? Hmm. Not sure what all I can do to help with this. Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Maybe I should throw an arm. (laughs) All right. So you're just trying to sort of hit him with your arm and attack him? Yeah, the usual. Okay. Directly engage a threat for me then. Roll plus danger. I would love to. Ten. Full hit. There we go. Get choked, nerd. Okay, go ahead and choose two from the list, then. All right, let's um, resist their blows. 
create an opportunity for my allies. How's that sound? Okay. What does that look like as you're creating an opportunity? Actually, if you don't mind, I've got an idea. I mean, go ahead. Okay. So, as you toss this arm through the air and smack into Polar, he is going to overreact in the way that Silver Age villains always do. Rather than using just a beam or something small, he clenches his fists in the direction of the building that you all are trying to get into, and he just rips the entire front wall of this building off. I'm loving this. (laughs) So you all have your way in, but wall is going to be a threat if nobody does anything to stop him. Which brings us back to the other two. What do you guys do? Uh, I was going to say, I've got an idea, but um, I was going to say you haven't really kind of, um, I I kind of feel like you should probably um, say your thing because I've already had a go kind of thing. Were we ever given weapons? You were not. We are weapons. We were given the earpieces and that's it. Is there anything around that I could use even vaguely as a weapon? Uh, what, what kind of weapon are you looking for? Anything that I can throw. Throw a piece of metal at him. That'll work. Oh yeah, there's... You can throw my other arm. There's, uh, like, rocks and stuff you can throw. There's... Just throw a pebble. I mean, there's probably an assortment of stuff that you could throw at him. If you can logically think of something nearby that you could throw, I'll let you have it, is basically what I'm going for. Okay. If you believe it, you can achieve it. So I'm going to I'm going to pick up a rock and I'm basically so you guys are gonna fucking hate me for this because this is gonna be such a bad mental image. I'm gonna pick up a rock and basically just like hold it and then just kind of bleh, <laughs> on the, what? Just gonna, <laughs> I don't know a great way to, to like describe it. I'm basically gonna hawk a poison loogie on the rock. Oh my god. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh. I know. And then I'm going to throw the rock at him. Oh. Yeah, you're welcome. You are oh. absolutely welcome. You should have just spit it like in left for dead. I'm not going to just like <laughs> vomit on him. That's gross. Oh, but this is better. <laughs> oh, but vomiting on a rock and then throwing it is <laughs> okay. So it was a loogie. Thank you. Okay, directly engage a threat, please. Okay, what is that? Kink shaming over. Let's move on. (laughs) That is plus danger. Plus danger. Oh, that bastard lowered my danger. Oh, that's a... I still got a 10. Wow. Okay, Uh, pick two from the list. Resist or avoid their blows. Take something from them. Create an opportunity for your allies. Or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. So I'm going to take something from them. I am going to take their sanity. Oh. Okay. Because there are a number of poisons that cause really bad hallucinations. I feel so, so bad. Uh, fun fact, apparently heroin counts as a poison. Huh. Which I didn't know, okay. but apparently no, it know. fucking does. And I love it. So, yeah. It's, I mean, technically alcohol's a poison, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's like there's, which I have to imagine that a lot of these, I mean, crayons in large enough quantities count as a poison but i feel like this is kind of playing fast and loose with the definition we're playing fast and loose with a lot of things tonight i was gonna say beyond D &D, that that is this game yeah that's fair okay so yeah it's basically going to be 
I'm going to chuck a rock at him with uh, the just coated in like the purest form of heroin. And it's going to, I imagine that when it hits him, it's going to draw just enough blood to create a little opening and get into his system. So I'm going to take his sanity. I'm going to take his sobriety. And what is your second choice? Uh, Impress uh, or make him afraid. What was that one? That was... Impress, surprise, or frighten. Impress, surprise, or frighten. I am going to frighten him. (laughs) Okay. So just for the record, you're not resisting or avoiding his blows? Ah, shit. I probably should. Yeah. I'll skip the second one and avoid his blows. Okay, because I had so many ideas for you getting this guy jacked up on heroin and frightening him and not resisting his blows. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested because this is something where it's like, he's going he's gonna to fail all of his drug tests for the rest of his life. <laughs> uh, in the more immediate future, you see as he stops his floating in the air, he... Like, he doesn't stop it. He just falls. He hits the ground with a thud. He's on his hands and knees. And he looks up at the three of you. He says, what? What did you? What did you do? It looked like a loogie. How coherent is he? Okay. uh, In the interest of full disclosure, I have no idea what heroin actually does. So I'm just kind of. Making things up as I go along Super, here. Yeah. Superhero heroin. Comic heroin. Super heroin, if you will. He's getting affected pretty quick. He's he's probably going to drop unconscious here in a couple of seconds. I was going to ask him if he could um, sense anything like metallic in our bodies that shouldn't be there. I was going like, to walk up to him and grab him and say, I'm a friend, listen to me. Is there anything metallic in our bodies that shouldn't be there? So I'm just throwing this out there. Uh, the initial effect for taking a large dose when it's your first time is apparently vomiting uh, and then a, a feeling of, of euphoria and a rush. Uh, the rush has been described as being similar to an orgasm and lasts for a solid minute or two. Is his first time taking heroin is my first question. Bold of you to assume that he's never taken heroin before. Yeah, he might be a regular user. This might be like just just average day for him. Regardless of that, go ahead and roll to provoke him to see if he's going to take that bait and tell you the answer to that. Okay, sure. Ten. Okay. On a ten plus, they rise to the bait and do what you want. As his body is starting to sort of adjust. He nods his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'd want him to be able to to just kind of take it out from us. Take it out of us. Or, yeah, would that be kind of in the remit? I'd, I'd ask him if he'd be able to take it out of us without severely harming us. <laughs> he shakes his head and says, it's embedded too deep, right by your hearts. That's that's really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's confirmed. I, I wouldn't trust him to remove it, even if it was somewhere a little bit more safe. He just got a massive dose. Speaking of which, coming down is going to be a nightmare for you. Sorry. <laughs> you act like you care. We should move on. I mean, I could I kill him feel if you'd prefer. Bad at this stage, killing him. <laughs> at the size of character. Not I don't. Full for, for, for wouldn't oh, care. Okay. I was but just like, like uh, out of character. Ah, the little out of character. Cares. I just feel so bad. 
Yeah. That's right. That is, because he literally just, like, he busts in, and then it's just, like, I, didn't you, like, throw your fucking arm at him again? Oh, God. Um. Yeah. And then it's just, like, they're illusions, and now he's high out of his mind. Uh, Andy, I have, I have a question. After people die, can they get better? Contrary to every comic book ever, regeneration is not a common thing in this world. Once you die, you're dead. You're in a world full of Uncle Ben's. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Yeah, out of character, I really don't want to kill him. But I think in character, I'd be somewhere between completely indifferent and just prepared to kill him. I don't know how everyone else is feeling. I mean, I, I suggested we kill them all earlier, so I can't argue with doing that still. I'm okay with this. And if there's any publicity, we'll just blame it on Behemoth. We can confirm that someone thought they saw him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, aren't all the people that saw him dead? <laughs> Maybe. There's been no confirmed deaths yet. <laughs> we still have someone alive so they could say that. Wait, did 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 um Perla see would he have seen or heard about Behemoth? Would he know? Uh he would oh, not have been it. out here for that. Would he have got would they have radioed him? I'm just throwing this out there. What I could do is just give him uh, like a, a bunch more heroin and just like, I'm pretty sure there are other, there are other poisons that I could like fuck with him, like give him. And then you can yeah. create the illusion and his brain will be so fucked up that he'll believe it. While you all are having this debate, I do want to remind you that the longer you debate, the longer you're giving the boss to get away. Right. Okay, um, I think we're just going to do what Tox suggests. Although, would there be a way for her to kind of um, flush the poison out of his system as quickly as possible? Because it's going to look a bit weird that he was just kind of drugged up on heroin while he saw Behemoth attack. Arguably, I could cause it to break down. Okay, um, so we're going to do that. We're going to, um, I'm going to cast an illusion of Behemoth just like tearing the place apart. Uh, and then from his perspective, it's going to look like Behemoth knocked him out. That's going to be, uh, I'm going to try and cast that illusion and we're going to leave him. We want him to be the witness to the fact, fact, quote unquote, that um, Behemoth was the one that, that came to this facility. Okay. I mean, with him all hopped up on heroin and everything, I don't think that's even unleashing your powers at this point because you can pretty much just do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just create a sign that just says Behemoth and it just kind of like waddles around and he's just like, Oh my god, he was here. At one point, this was intended to be a serious issue. I mean, it is. We're literally drugging a man to frame another villain. It's just like finger puppets, like just the behemoth like, attacking a facility. I, I would like to take an opportunity just super quick to just be like, hey listeners, don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. So I think we get a panel of the three of you walking into the main building. Polar is in the background. He's got that, like, you know, that generic comic book face of, like, a combination of tripping balls and I've seen some shit. Because that's basically what he's got going on. No, he's not high. You all make it into... The main building, what are you doing? There is an elevator on the opposite wall. There's no security in here to speak of. That's pretty much all you see. 
I mean, if there's no security, I mean, if there's obviously no security, then I'm, then I think we'd just go. We'll be all just. I think we'd all just go. Yeah, we should head to the elevator and uh, go to the basement. I think that's where the boss was, wasn't it? Or as far, yeah, as far down as we can go. Okay, so you all step into the elevator. Press. Before we do that, just real quick, I'm going to basically draw a line on the ground, and I'm just going to have it be something where it just like produces a small amount of poison. That way, if somebody tries to stop us or fuck with us or tries to leave the elevator once we're down there, they get a little bit of poison put in them. Yeah. We get the panel of the two of you that aren't Tox standing in the elevator. It's sort of shot from the back. Tox draws this line on the ground before joining you on the elevator. One of you pushes the button for, like, B7 or whatever the lowest floor of this compound is. And then we get a panel of you all riding the elevator down together. What are you all having any sort of conversation or anything as you go or? I'm going to retcon. I picked up my arm again. And at this point, I'm I'm reattaching it. (laughs) So are the two of you just standing there in silence as he nightmare before Christmas is his arm back onto himself? So I'm going to be like, I just turned a body into a gas bomb and spit on a rock. But that's disgusting. I think Flawless would just kind of like, just, just nod with along with the uh, with that comment. Like, not say anything, but just be like, yeah. Gerard would kind of shrug, but then uh, the arm that he just put back on was a little lopsided. So I think the way this happens is he shrugs in one panel. The next panel is the same sort of back shot of the three of you. And the elevator doors slide open. And standing on the other side of the elevator door is Alana Hyde, a.k.a. Hocus. And that's going to be the last panel of this issue. Oh, what? What? (laughs) This is not... What? So... If you all have thoughts or opinions, please feel free to tell us how you liked this sort of departure. If you'd like to see more of it, let us know on Twitter at LGBTDpod. Also, just any sort of general thoughts or opinions you have on the podcast in general. We will be getting a Patreon up here soon, which will actually be up by the time that you're listening to this episode. And this is happening within the canon of our main campaign. So keep that in mind. Until next week, have fun and stay safe.